Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles, and Josh All. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome to another episode of the Dogs Podcast. I'm Josh All. I'm going to be your solo host for the day while, you know, Blake's uh, probably in the hospital right now waiting for the birth of his daughter. And Justin and Zach are working hard during the day. So I will dutifully bring you more Browns information and content right now as the offseason continues to progress. So one thing I really wanted to talk about today is Deshaun Watson. Sports Illustrated dropped an article uh, here just this week detailing how the Browns ultimately ended up landing Deshaun Watson after he originally ruled us out of the running uh, for the trade. The article answered a lot of questions that I think many Browns fans have been asking since the trade was announced. So I really wanted to go through that for anybody who hasn't really been following the Deshaun Watson saga all the way back to Houston when he demanded the trade. And, um, you know, we'll even dive into some of the legal allegations that are going on just to try to clear some things up, explain certain things. And I just want to say right now, by no means am I any sort of expert on any of the legal stuff. Um, so what I get wrong, I apologize for. And I obviously have no problem taking heat from anybody out there. So go ahead and lay it on me. Um, and to all you Texans fans who are now coming over to be Browns fans because you want to follow Deshaun, um, anything I get wrong as far as his history goes with you guys, just please you know drop it in the comments. Let me know. Keep me updated. Uh, I'm doing my best. Obviously, he wasn't the quarterback for my team until you know last week, <laughs> thankfully now. But uh, he's been your quarterback for many years since he came into the league. So anything that I get wrong that you want to correct, just Throw it out there because this is now the new quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, and it's just a very exciting time to be a Browns fan, honestly. But before we dive into all of that, the Sports Illustrated article, the history of Deshaun Watson, all that stuff, I want to remind everybody, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Make sure you follow us on TikTok. Things are blowing up on TikTok. We just had one of our videos go over 100,000 views for the first time. It's the first time we've hit uh, six digits on any of our videos. So that that's awesome. Thank you to everybody following us on TikTok. If you're watching on YouTube, please uh, click subscribe, hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode. I just want to say, despite that misleading word, subscribing on YouTube is free. It doesn't cost anything. If anybody's confused about that, I, I've had questions about that. So if you're not familiar with YouTube, subscribe is simply following a channel. It's not paying for that channel. So I know they use the word subscribe. It's still free. But if you like listening to the podcast instead, make sure make sure you, again, subscribe for free to the show on Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere you get your podcasts. And lastly, if you cannot get yourself enough Browns content during the week, make sure you head over to jointhedogs.com. Join our official Dog Pack community on Patreon. That thing has just turned into an awesome resource for Browns fans. Everybody in that community is a diehard Browns fan. We have multiple threads keeping uh, pace with current events. That, you know, going around the team, going around the league. Also, we have um, an extra episode that we post every week called The Dogs After Hours. Uh, not censored. It's a lot of fun, uh, but it's exclusively for Dog Pack members. So make sure you check it out. It's a great way to gain extra content and uh, also help support the show. And we appreciate it. Everybody who's already in there, thank you very much. We, we appreciate everybody's support. So this is Albert Breer's um, article from Sports Illustrated. And uh, I'm just going to kind of give you the setting setting of the stage for the article. So from the article, after a year away from the NFL, Watson wanted a familiar place that might make his re-entry into the sport smoother, according to a source close to the quarterback. He loved the idea of playing in Atlanta in particular and the South in general, and the thought of being around the people who cheered for him as he grew up. And yet there was something else he realized with the two options in front of him, he wanted more. He wanted to win Super Bowls. And after spending a full season on the sidelines, as much as he liked the long-term plans of every team he met with, he didn't want to wait to get to work on all of those things. Okay. So we know that um, Deshaun Watson met with several teams. There were, there were several teams pursuing him, um, especially after the, uh, the the grand jury dismissed the 
criminal charges against him. That's when the sweepstakes were really ramped up and the Browns dived in and um, it was, you know, it was the Browns, it was the Panthers, the Saints, the Falcons. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head if there were more teams really in that final mix, but I think that was it. It wasn't even the Falcons until later in the process. Um, so I, I, I think the Dolphins at one point, I don't think it was recently, but you know, for the last couple of years, we've heard Dolphins pursuing Watson. They're all in all that kind of stuff, but that, that kind of fell out. Um, so, you know, apparently after assessing his chances of winning with these other teams that he was talking to, he decided to bring the, the Browns back into the mix. Um, Brewer notes in the article that Watson has actually only ever been to Cleveland one time in his life. Didn't know that. And that was in 2020. I'm sure many of you remember when the Browns beat the Texans 10 to seven, it was a nasty, rainy, you know, windy Cleveland hurricane weather kind of day. Um, you know, Justin, one of our other co-hosts here on the show, he's still ringing out his clothes at home from that game. Cause you know, he, he's got season tickets. So he goes to every game, you know, rain, snow, shine, which, you know, in Cleveland, it's mostly rain or snow. And, um, you know, that goes back to, I guess, as far as I can tell and what I've read, the big reason why Watson ruled Cleveland out to begin with, it was just, it was the lousy weather. And I, he's from the Atlanta area. He's from the South. He, you know, he went to college at Clemson. He likes it in the South. He likes the warmer weather. It's just, it's kind of more home to him down, down in the South. And and I totally understand that. Um, But ultimately he as we know, he did choose Cleveland. So according to Breer, the Browns, according to a source, intrigued Watson from the start. He liked the roster that Barry had built and that Barry was young and he would be around a while. That appealed to Watson. When he talked X's and O's with Kevin's, uh, head coach Kevin Stefanski, Stefanski told Watson what he liked about his game, a detailed plan for how he'd use him in his offense and also where he thought Watson needed to improve as a player. So he was very upfront and honest with him. He also liked how Jimmy and D. Haslam knew the roster. They knew every player, how each contributed to the team, their contracts, age, and how they projected out into the future. So those were big things from everybody that flew down to meet with him. Those are things that really, really impressed Deshaun Watson when they when he met with the Browns. Um, so now this uh, next paragraph in the article is very interesting. It says, still at this point, Watson was uneasy about going north to Cleveland and casting his lot in a cold-weather city after playing high school football in Georgia, college football in South Carolina, and pro football in Texas. So on Wednesday, Watson personally called Barry. Watson personally called Andrew Barry and explained to him why he was eliminating the Browns. I've been playing football my whole life down south. I love the warmer weather. This place is home to me. I'm going to stay down here. I'm assuming that's how the conversation went. That's kind of what I'm gathering from this article. Barry wished Watson well and then called Malugeta, I think that's probably how you say it. that's Deshaun Watson's agent, Malugeta, and told him he'd stay in touch and that he'd still be interested in Watson for some reason change his mind. So Andrew Barry did not just walk off PO'd and say, all right, well, you didn't pick us, forget it. He said, no, you know what, let's just stay in touch. If you change your mind, I'll be here to answer the phone. Back to the article. By then, they had done a lot of the work. The Browns, this, uh, this is interesting. I'm sorry, I, I wanted to say this. This is, this is going to come into play later on in the episode, I, I but... I just want to highlight this and make sure we, we pay attention big time here. By that point, the Browns had done a lot of work in vetting Watson and really ramped up their background research in January as their season ended. So they've been doing the research on Watson. I've heard a lot of the, the talk out there about, you know, the Browns bringing in Watson with his, and we'll get into it with his off the field incidents. And um, so, but this is saying since January, the Browns have been doing their research They had their security people and their lawyers on it and also deployed private investigators to dig into the cases against Watson and also his past going back to his time in high school and college. They were among the teams that had gone through the depositions of the 22 women alleging sexual misconduct by Watson as well, though lawyer Tony Busby, we'll get to him later, told ESPN on Sunday that none of the teams involved contacted him or the women directly, and I will address that later as well. Um. But it's interesting that the Browns and none of the interested teams that pursued Watson actually reached out to Tony Busby, who is the prosecuting attorney for the um, the accusers in the, in these cases. Um, but the Browns have already done their own legal research into the situation. So as you can see, the Browns didn't gloss over the situation. They didn't gloss over the information. 
They spent a lot of money paying these professionals. I mean, I'm going back to the article here and I'm looking, they had their security people, their lawyers, and they also deployed private investigators to dig into all these cases, dating all the way back to Watson's history in college and high school. So, you know, they, it's not like they just kind of looked at these things and said, okay, yeah, we're not too worried about it. They went extensively into it. And, you know, I understand you know, we, we cast it aside almost very easily saying, oh, well, the Haslam's, they're billionaires. You know, they can afford to do these kinds of things. Yes, they can. But at the same time, you got to remember that they spent a lot of money uh, somewhere. I can't remember the exact number I was reading. I wish I could have found it again here before I did this today. Multi-millions of dollars they paid people to investigate and look into all these cases, all the allegations, everything surrounding Deshaun Watson. So if there's one thing we can rest assured in as Browns fans, it's that our ownership, our front office, the people making the decisions to bring him in, they didn't take the situation lightly. They really did their homework. They really looked into everything. So I think we can trust in that process because, I mean, think about it. You wouldn't go spend millions of dollars investigating something, make a decision based on those investigations without having the information, you know, that you paid for. And then make that, de- the decision you make, you paid for that decision. Trust me, these guys, they, they got deep into the background of all this. So Albert Breer continues in the article that Watson eliminated the Panthers on Thursday night. So we know, if we want to go back chronologically, the Browns flew down um, to meet with Watson and his uh, legal team privately on Wednesday. And by, I think it was by Wednesday night, Watson had informed the team. He had called Barry and said, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay down south. <clears throat> and, and all that happened. So then Watson eliminated the Panthers on Thursday night. And that left him down to the Falcons and the Saints. But more than anything else, when it came back to being a football decision for Watson, it was the roster that separated Cleveland. This from the article. He not only saw the Browns as talented, he loved how young they were in key spots. The line, he figured, would be the best he'd ever played behind. The backs were as good as any in football. There was depth at the tight end, too. Amari Cooper was coming in. The defense had Miles Garrett and a loaded secondary. And so many of these guys stood to get better and stay in Cleveland for a long time to come. So when he considered his aspirations to win a Super Bowl, Watson told his agent to get Brown's GM, Andrew Berry, back on the phone on Friday last week after his meetings with the Falcons and the Saints. So there's been a lot of people saying, you know, Andrew Berry kept calling and getting back into Watson's ear. It's not what happened. Deshaun Watson told his agent to get Andrew Berry back on the phone because he had decided he wanted to play for the Cleveland Browns. And we've been saying this all along. Why would he not want to play for the Browns? Um, you know, with all the teams vying for Watson's services at quarterback, you know, the Browns had the best roster available to him. Our offensive line, like it said in the article, it's better than all the, those other teams. Our running game is better than those other teams. Um, our defense is better than those other teams. I mean, the Saints defense isn't bad. Panthers are kind of young and up and coming on defense, but I mean, come on, we got Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, Newsom, JOK, JJ3, Delpit, plus, you know, whoever else we add. Maybe Clowney comes back, Akeem Hicks we've talked about, and Dominican Sue. Not to mention, we still have eight picks in this year's NFL draft. So this roster is not done being built yet, and it's already at the core better than those other teams. Um, you know, we, we added Amari Cooper, franchise tag David and Joku. So our receiving options are still probably better than all those other teams. Um, especially Atlanta, other than Kyle Pitts at tight end, I'm, I'm not really sure what, who he'd have been throwing to down there. Um, and I think that probably played into his thinking as well. Um, on top of the talented roster, the Browns have a former head coach of the year, sorry, head coach of the year running the show, uh, Kevin Stefanski's the Browns had all the pieces that Deshaun Watson would want. And that's why it was very, very interesting that he turned us down before he turned down some of these other teams. Not, I, I, I did understand the not wanting to play in the cold weather. Got it. I don't even want to watch the game in the cold weather. I prefer my couch. I get it. Totally understand. But as far as the roster and if you're, you know, at, at that point in your career, your aspirations are to win championships. And why wouldn't you pick the roster that gives you the best opportunity to, to do that right away? And for years to come, because we've got a young, really great core. 
So the next section of Breer's article dives into um, kind of the off-field controversy surrounding Watson. Um, many Browns fans have cited this in their condemnations of the team bringing him in, but we'll get into all that. We'll get into kind of what happened down in Houston that led to the breakup down there. And then, of course, the sexual assault or sexual misconduct allegations and all this stuff. Again, legalese, not my thing, but I'm doing the best I can. And I just wanted to kind of get this stuff out there. So that kind of details the situation with us landing Watson was, you know, we pursued him originally. We flew down there. We met with him. We met with his legal team privately and everything. And ultimately he told us, he told Andrew Barry, nope, I'm going to stay down here. Barry said, okay, no problem. Stay in touch. If you change your mind, Watson then continued to meet with the Panthers, told them, no, nah, I'm, I'm not going to pick you. He met with the Saints and the Falcons, and after meeting with those teams, I, at least from my perspective, probably saw the roster, said, I don't really see an immediate winning opportunity with either of these franchises, um, Saints probably sooner than the Falcons, but either way, he told his agent to get Andrew Barry from the Browns back on the phone, said, I'm picking Cleveland, I've changed my mind, let's get Barry on the phone with the Texans GM and get a deal worked out. And that's how it happened. That's how it all came down. And, and Deshaun Watson became the new quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. So before we dive into the next section of this episode, I just want to remind everybody about DraftKings. Uh, make sure you join in on the, on the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everybody can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like who will make it to the next round and who will hit the most three-pointers and track your results. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any College Hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 years or older to play. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay. Thanks for bearing with me through this. Um, doing a solo episode here by myself with everybody else being wrapped up in life. But I really wanted to go through the Deshaun Watson saga for everybody especially Browns fans. Not that I'm trying to ignore the Texans fans out there. Really appreciate you guys. And again, bring me up to speed on anything I'm getting wrong. But I think the Browns fans are excited. I think many are excited about their new quarterback. I think there's a large faction of Browns fans who are skeptical about our new quarterback, not sure what to believe. And then obviously there's the grouping that is not happy we brought him in. And I'm not saying either group is right or wrong. But at this point in time, I think there are certain facts that we can go through and whatever, whatever your opinion of the situation is, that's totally fine. That's your opinion. You're allowed to have it. But I think it's important not to dismiss the facts of the situation and you know, put guilt, legal guilt, I should say, onto somebody where it's not been proven. So we'll get into all that. Uh, like I said, uh, sexual sexual assault allegations, they're no joke. It's a serious matter, touchy subject. Obviously, we're seeing that um, when we're discussing these things. So again, I reiterate, I am not a legal expert. I have no legal background whatsoever uh, other than the one business law class I took back in college 12 years ago, which none of it stuck. So, But a grand jury in Texas did dismiss the criminal charges on nine cases it examined However, 22, sex, 22 civil cases sorry, of sexual misconduct are still on the table, uh, but let's look at some background here. According to Greg Joyce of the New York Post, Tony Busby, the lawyer leading the lawsuits against NFL star Deshaun Watson for alleged sexual assault, is a former Houston mayoral candidate who once pled for the Texans to draft Johnny Manziel. Okay, so the, the lawyer representing um, everybody bringing the allegations against Deshaun Watson is a former mayoral candidate for the city of Houston. This just, just track with me here because a lot of this plays in um, as we go. So I'm not saying that Busby has a questionable judge of character, but you know, as Browns fans, we all remember the complete train wreck. That was Johnny Manziel. 
He's to me, he's almost like Lord Voldemort. Um, I really prefer not to hear anybody say his name out loud. I'd like to just call him, you know, you know, blow. Um, but Joyce continues on. He says a 2013 Texas Tribune article after Busby was appointed by Governor Rick Perry to the Texas A&M University System Board of Regents described Busby as a big, mean, ambitious, tenacious, fire-breathing Texas trial lawyer, really big poster boy pig. Okay. Busby has previously gone billboard big too. According to his Instagram in 2014, Busby put 10 billboards up around Houston with the message, keep Johnny football in Texas, trying to get the Texans. This is important. Just keep this in mind for later in the episode. Busby put up billboards saying, keep Johnny football in Texas, trying to get the Texans to draft Manziel, the former Texas A&M star and Heisman Trophy winner. Okay, so again, now we're seeing Busby's ties to now two Cleveland Browns quarterbacks, Johnny Manziel and now Deshaun Watson. Again, this is not my defining factor by any stretch, and I I don't want to do too much speculation here, but I think think this is all really interesting uh, that Busby was all in on uh, Johnny Manziel and... Now he's all out on Deshaun Watson. Um, Busby even called Manziel the greatest college football player ever. So like I, like I keep saying, hang with me, his enormous ties and loyalty to Houston, it'll come back into play. Again, I'm trying not to do any speculation, but it's just so interesting. It's, it's hard not to. Um, so we'll come back into the legal stuff. We'll come back into Tony Busby and all that. But first, let's take a look at what led to Watson demanding to be traded away from Houston in the first place. So it's interesting looking back and, and doing my research into all this. The Houston Texans, they're not a completely different organization from the Browns. Uh, they were an expansion team in the NFL in 2002, just like the Browns were back in 1999. They started off with a promising young quarterback in David Carr, older brother of uh, Raiders quarterback Derek Carr, just like the Browns started off with Tim Couch. The Texans have struggled on and off since coming to the NFL, though they've admittedly had more success than the Browns. Houston won their first division championship in 2011. And since then, they've won five more in 2012, 15, 16, 18, and 19. But like the Browns, they're one of just four franchises to never have played in the Super Bowl. So with Houston finally landing their franchise quarterback in Watson, the team had its foundational piece to build around. Uh, Remember, the Texans selecting, it's so funny that Deshaun Watson is now the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns because Deshaun Watson would have never been the quarterback of the Houston Texans if it weren't for the Cleveland Browns in the first place. We've been linked and connected with Deshaun Watson's career trajectory since the beginning. They selected Deshaun Watson in the 2017 NFL draft. Uh, It was only made possible because of the Browns because we traded the 12th pick to Houston that year, who then used it to select Watson. But instead of building around Deshaun Watson, head coach Bill O'Brien started shipping away key pieces of the team in recent years, including superstar wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins sent off to Arizona. I think we kind of all remember that trade for a very uh, declining David Johnson at running back. It was a very odd trade. I didn't sit well with many people. I, I imagine you Texans fans did not like that trade at all, not even one bit. But, you know, Deshaun Watson, at least from my perspective, and maybe it's different for you guys who are Texans fans or followed Deshaun more closely than I have, it seemed like he took the whole thing in stride. I'm sure he wasn't thrilled about it either. I mean, that was his dude. That was his guy to throw the ball to. But, you know, he, he seemed to kind of take it in stride. I mean, that was the year he went out and he, he threw for 4,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven picks. I mean, he he was incredible. But, um, yeah, it would just really suck to be seeing all of your assets on your team. That, that, that is the team that's supposed to be building around you, shipping those pieces away. Uh, Prior to the 2020 season, Watson signed a four-year, $160 million extension with the Texans. So note to all you Browns fans out there who think we paid him too much, when Watson signed that deal with the Texans, that made him the second highest paid player in NFL history at that time. So this isn't new for him. One important feature of that contract was the inclusion of the no-trade clause, meaning that Watson could veto any trade that he didn't approve of. That comes back into play just last week when he picked the Browns. So, like I mentioned, after the 2020 season, that's when he led the league in all those numbers. Um, Watson was more outspoken about the need for the organization to shift the culture and build a strong foundation for the future. 
Um, an article on Toro Times said that despite the recommendations of their esteemed franchise quarterback, Houston Texans CEO Cal McNair and executive vice president of football operations Jack Easterby neglected to listen to Watson's advice. McNair hired Nick Casario as the new GM, but did not communicate anything about the hire with Watson beforehand. Now, this was a big blow because Watson's number one request when he signed that big extension with the Texans was to have the front office be in more constant communication with him. He had repeated, repeatedly said during the 2020 season that he and McNair had been discussing his role, Watson's role, in the team's search for new leaders. McNair apparently reassured Watson that he'd consider Watson's input in the hiring process, but he never did. That's what started the whole, I don't want to say it's what started the whole rift, but that's what really kicked things into high gear for Deshaun Watson. Here's one more quote from the Toro Times article. Um, this, this is about Texans fans, but <laughs> when I read this, man, does this ever sound like, like it applies to Browns fans too? Okay, just listen to this. Many feel for fans who have spent hours a week dedicated towards their favorite franchise, losing heartbreak of a game after another. These fans have to endure eight more months of pain brought on by their incompetent franchise that keeps on making the wrong decisions. Many feel for Deshaun Watson, who was drafted to be a leader and a legendary player. However, he has just felt left down consistently, never given the proper support, and has been merely failed around him. Come on, Browns fans. Does that not sound like the life we've lived for a long time? Um, So Deshaun Watson having enough of the Texans' poor management and the broken promises. He officially requested a trade. His no trade clause now put him in the driver's seat with a lot of the leverage in the situation because of the Texans wanted to capitalize on his value, which is high, very high for a top five quarterback in the league. Uh, they would have to trade that or they would have to gear that trade toward his wishes. So now we're going to kind of tie all this together. Watson's official trade request came at the end of January 2021. So now we're coming into a timeline here. At the end of 2021, is whenever he have, oh, I'm so sorry, not at the end of 21. At the end of January 2021, so this would have been at the tail end of that 2020 season. Obviously, the Texans, I guess I should have looked that up. I don't believe they made the playoffs that year, uh, but he had a phenomenal season. That's when they they fired Bill O'Brien. I They fired their GM. Well, I guess Bill O'Brien was their GM, so what am I saying? Uh, Texans fans, please take it easy on me. I'm not a Texan fan. Um, I'm a Browns fan, but... It was the end of January in that season that he demanded that trade. So on March 16th, that was less than two months later, that's when attorney lawyer Tony Busby announced that he was filing a suit against the disgruntled Texans quarterback. So, again, I'm not trying to speculate. But at the same time, I'm not trying not to speculate. I, I just think it's interesting that all of this stuff happens with Deshaun Watson. He signs the big contract. He gets... You know, the promises made that he's going to be more involved in the hiring process, you know, with the GM and the head coach and things like that, because he he wants to be in Houston. He wants to be on the Texans, but he wants more say in what the team is doing around him. Obviously, you're the centerpiece of the team and you just want to feel like the team is doing right by you. I totally understand that. So the team does not. They go and they hire a general manager without consulting him in any way. And we remember the reports of he wouldn't answer calls or text messages or whatever, wouldn't talk to the Texans. And uh, then he ultimately, uh, it it leads to him requesting a trade. That all happened before any of these lawsuits were brought against him by the same guy who ran for mayor in Houston and advocated for the Houston Texans to draft Johnny Manziel. Which, i got some interesting notes on that here in a little bit. <sighs> okay, so after Tony Busby announces the first suit, uh, what did I say? March 16th, 2021. The suits continue to pile up. Uh, after seven cases had been brought forward, Deshaun Watson's attorney, Rusty Hardin, accused the women of attempting blackmail. This is interesting. Okay, so according to an article by The Athletic, in a statement, Harden alleged Busby was impeding efforts to investigate the accusations by not releasing names of accusers to Watson's legal team, which at this point was defending the quarterback against 16 civil lawsuits. Harden also claimed his office had identified one plaintiff and accused her of previously attempting to blackmail Watson. 
The plaintiff in question alleges Watson coerced the woman woman to perform oral sex on him in December 2020. Brian Burney, Watson's marketing manager, said in a declaration distributed by Harden's office that he spoke with this woman in January of this year and she asked to be paid $30,000 for her indefinite silence, quote unquote. Burney alleges the woman said her encounter with Watson was consensual, but claimed it was a matter that both she and Deshaun would wish to keep secret and that she would need to be paid for her, quote unquote, silence. Burney denies that Watson or any of the legal team ever paid the woman. Interesting, right? So... This uh, this woman comes out says that you know, she she's part of this civil suit. She alleges that her encounter with Deshaun Watson was consensual. Which okay, fine. You're two consensual adults. Whatever you do, consensually, as long as it's not illegal, we don't need to know about it. Whatever, it's your thing. Don't care. Um, but she claimed that it was a matter both of them would wish to keep secret, and that she would need to be paid for her silence. That does sound like blackmail. Not saying it is, just saying it sounds similar to other blackmail situations that you know you probably read about. So I'm going to come back to the facts here in a minute. Probably do a little more speculating, um, but this isn't new. You know, I'm not the first or the last person to stop and consider this. Um, I, I've read a couple articles where where people do a lot more speculating than I'll probably do here. But let's remember that, like I said before. Tony Busby ran for Houston mayor, campaigned for Johnny Manziel. He's an avid Texans fan. When Busby was confronted about these blackmail allegations and his connection to the Texans organization, his response was very interesting. He said, quote, I need to dispel some silly rumors. Yes, I live on River Oaks Boulevard, and I live near the McNair family the, from the Texans. I don't know the McNair family. I wouldn't recognize Cal or Hal or whatever his name is if I saw him on the street. This case has nothing to do with the Texans, has nothing to do with free agency. The timing, I don't know anything about that silliness and frankly don't care about it. Now, here's the interesting line. The Texans are not a team that I follow. End quote. Okay. So we know that that's that's a lie. Come on. Busby had billboards we already talked about this he had billboards posted around houston urging the texans the team that he allegedly here does not follow in any way shape or form urging the houston texans to draft johnny manzel and he claims he doesn't follow that team i don't know that doesn't add up to me but i think that's probably where i'm going to stop speculating on that subject i just think that the the statements the the public comments here by busby in correlation with his past actions, the billboards. It's interesting. I'll just leave it at that. It's interesting. Drop your comments on the video. Let me know what you think. So uh, let's let's continue here. I, I never heard about any of this until doing my research, but on March 31st, 2021, there were 18 massage therapists who actually came out in defense of Deshaun Watson. Okay. So this is from the article as the number of lawsuits accusing Watson of sexual assault and misconduct increased to 21 Harden's office released statements from 18 massage therapists who say the accusations are inconsistent with their experiences. Harden said his office has received dozens of unsolicited phone calls, letters, emails, and text messages from professional massage therapists who have worked with Watson saying they never felt uncomfortable or that he demanded anything outside the scope of a professional massage. The following 18 women are voluntarily issuing statements in support of Deshaun with their names attached, Harden said in a news release, adding that the women have collectively worked with Deshaun more than 130 times over the past five years. Give me a second here. Oh, getting a little parched doing all this talking. Usually I leave that to Blake. All right, so this is another thing that's just really interesting in all this this research and in this case. The women who voluntarily came to Watson's defense Watson's defense fully disclose their names to the public. So let's contrast that with the other side. The initial suits filed by Busby refused to release the accuser's name. Again, I am no legal expert. I don't know the process by which, you know, these things happen, how everything unfolds. But, you know, when I, when I read stuff like this and I see that, you know, on one side, there's a person who's willing to put their name and their reputation on the line, along with the statement they're making. And on the other side are people making accusations and they don't want their name out there with those accusations. You know, who, who, which side do you tend to believe? Um, 
I just I just thought this was interesting that there were actually 18 massage therapists who came out in support of Deshaun Watson, and and it's not like they came out anonymously. They came out with their names attached to the statements. So just give me a second here. I'm trying to pull up these. I'm about to go through some emails that I think are pretty interesting. Um, okay, where was I? In April 2021, Houston police said now they were going to be investigating Deshaun Watson. Watson's lawyer said, we welcome this long overdue development. Now we will learn the identity of at least one accuser. We will fully cooperate with the Houston Police Department. Okay. A few days later, two of the accusers finally go public. After the news conference, Harden's office released a statement claiming that Tony Busby had asked for a $100,000 settlement for one of the women before she filed her suit. Interesting. Here are the emails that support that claim. I just want to make sure I've got these in the right order here. Okay, first one. This is from Cornelia Bradfield, Branfield Harvey. Um, that would be, I believe, Busby. Yeah, Busby's office or whatever his 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 um, firm says. Hi, Scott. This is to Scott Gaffield. He is the athletes first, the attorney at Athletes First, who represents. Must be. It has something to do. I don't understand the whole connections, but he represents Deshaun Watson. Says, uh, hi, Scott. Thank you for touching base. We have had time to discuss this option amongst ourselves and with our client, and we are willing to move forward with settlement negotiations without a mediator. Therefore, my client's demand is $100,000. Right there it is in the email. Please let us know Mr. Watson's response sincerely. Brad, Brad, Branfield, Harvey. I'll never get these names right. Okay, so the reply. Hi, Cornelia and Tony, and this is coming back to them from Scott, representing Deshaun. Following on my call last week with Cornelia, I wanted to check in on this to see if Miss Solis, that's one of the, that's the um, the accuser in this situation, um, she wanted to either help us understand the rationale behind the $100,000 demand or come back with a different figure. Sorry, 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 sorry. Let me back up. We wanted to check in on this to see if Miss Solis wanted to either help us understand the rationale. So please help us understand why you think you deserve $100,000 or come back with a different figure. As I said to Cornelia last week, we don't believe that the alleged facts show that Deshaun did anything wrong with regards to Miss Solis, but we are nevertheless happy to continue the conversation around a reasonable settlement figure because we believe he can learn a lesson about having put himself in this situation. Okay, so this email right here was very interesting that was sent back to Busby saying, okay, so you're coming to us demanding a $100,000 settlement for your client. Um, We've looked at all the facts of the case. We don't believe that anything, any of the evidence shows that he did anything wrong with her. And then they said, but, you know, we do understand that Deshaun has put himself in a a non-ideal situation (laughs) and uh, we would be happy to continue the conversation around a reasonable settlement figure. Okay. So let's see the last email here comes from Anthony Busby, Tony Busby back to Scott says we made a legit demand. You rejected it. We won't be making another or bid against ourselves. We also won't be having an extended dialogue about why you think your client did nothing wrong or how you want this to be a learning experience for your high-profile athlete, as you refer to him. This is Houston, Texas. Perhaps you should find him a lawyer here so you can apprise both you and your client of the landscape here and who you are dealing with. Talk soon. So, again, not a legal expert. Um, I'm sure there's a whole lot of law stuff in all this situation that I'm not seeing. And if there is, let me know. Drop the comments or drop it in the comments here. Let's have a discussion about it because I I just think, I I don't know how many casual Browns fans have gone back through and kind of looked through the lineage, the the chronological order of events here with these civil suits. Um, But obviously Watson did not pay that $100,000 settlement. Watson released a statement on Twitter saying, I have never treated any women with anything other than the utmost respect. The plaintiff's lawyer claims that this isn't about money, but before filing suit, he made a baseless six-figure settlement demand, which I quickly rejected. Unlike him, this isn't about money for me. It's about clearing my name, and I look forward to doing that. So Deshaun Watson, from the beginning, has said, look, I didn't do anything wrong, and 
say what you want, do what you want. I'm going to fight it because I know I didn't do anything wrong. Okay. His actions support that. He has not settled with any of these women. He had the opportunity to, didn't do it, didn't feel he had to. Take that for what you will. The timeline goes on, and we can go through all the details more thoroughly later, but uh, Busby continued to withhold the accusers' names. Um, Harden continued, Harden, that's uh, Watson's attorney in Texas, in Houston. Harden continued to petition the courts that withholding the names was actually against Texas law. In the motion, Harden cites two Texas rules of civil procedure that don't allow civil lawsuits under a pseudonym. One requires plaintiffs to state their names if they are known. The other requires the defense to receive fair notice of claims. The motion requests that the plaintiff re- replete and identify herself within two business days of Thursday's filing. If the plaintiff fails to do so, the motion requests the court dismiss all claims. So Deshaun Watson, his, his law team, they're saying, well, we're trying to defend this guy, and we don't even know who the accusers are. How, how are we supposed to know who we're defending against? You know, you have these anonymous people making accusations against you, and you're saying, I don't, I don't even know who they're talking about because I don't know who who's making these accusations. And according to Texas law here, like they just said, can't do that. So they had to disclose these names. Um, one important note, according to Harden, is that only two of the 22 lawsuits actually allege that Watson forced any type of sexual activity, meaning the other 19 admit the allegations were consensual in nature. Uh, regarding those two that allege force, Harden stated they were allegations Mr. Watson again vehemently denies. And even at this early stage, this is important, okay? He, this is uh, Watson's attorney. Even at this early stage of the litigation, the evidence obtained by the defense clearly supports Mr. Watson's denial of these allegations of force. So his, his lawyer's even saying that the evidence at that stage in, what did I say, April, whenever, in, in 21, even at that stage, the evidence that the defense was trying to present actually supported Deshaun's denial that the allegations were, you know, were true. So, you know, that mostly explains why Watson was cleared by a grand jury of all the criminal charges. Um, just to do that, that quick recap, there are 22 civil suits of sexual assault, sexual misconduct. Only two of those suits allege that he actually forced sexual activity, meaning the other 19 did not. Watson had a chance to settle in at least two of these suits, but he declined to do so. Watson's attorney has welcomed police and FBI investigations that kind of all culminated in him being declared innocent of any criminal charges. So the criminal charges that Watson was cleared of include sexual assault, not guilty, sexual harassment, not guilty. So we know that he's not guilty on either of those counts. However, and this is important, I want to bounce both sides of this thing. Harden, the the attorney for Watson, he has stated that in this, the wording kind of tells you what, what, what he thinks here. He has said that any sexual acts that happened during massage appointments were consensual. So to me, I don't know about you guys, but to me, that means that yes, sexual activity occurred during these appointments, but so far there has been no evidence presented to show that any of it was not consensual. So for the people that are saying, you know, Deshaun Watson's, oh, he did these nasty, disgusting things. Well, you know, to, that, that, that's in the eye of the beholder, really, uh, what you consider nasty and disgusting. But the facts are that he was not found guilty of sexual assault or sexual harassment in a criminal court. So, I, again, I can't say it enough. I am not a legal expert by any stretch. But it is interesting to go through and read because I'm reading this as just a normal, average, everyday citizen like all of you guys out there and just wondering, well, what's the difference between these things? Um, but you know what? Here, let's do this real quick. Before I get into the difference between these kind of criminal cases and everything, let's just take one minute and hear from our sponsor at MyPillow. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell. Retailers, shopping channels, and now even banks have tried canceling myself and my pillow. Well, during these times, your support has meant everything to us. My employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you by passing the savings directly onto you. For a limited time, you can get my brand new product, My Slippers, for 50% off. That's the lowest price ever. And remember, My Slippers come with an exclusive four layer design. These layers combine to give you amazing comfort and support and help reduce stress on your feet. And with the durable indoor outdoor sole, you can wear My Slippers anytime, anywhere. 
I personally guarantee these will be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. So go to MyPillow.com now and use the promo code on your screen or call the 1-800 number below to get my slippers for 50% off, the lowest price in history. And if you do it right now, I'm going to include a free gift with your purchase. Thank you and God bless. Okay, so let's get back into this. What's the difference between uh, criminal cases and civil suits? So here's where I had to go do my research. Well, I was already doing research, but you know, you get the point. According to Lorena, a legal blog, in criminal cases, it must be proven, and I, I saw this a lot. So in criminal cases, it must be proven beyond reasonable doubt that the person is guilty. Civil cases have much lower standards and are easier to prove as they require less evidence. So for a civil case to be proven true, only preponderance of evidence is required. And that means that there's over a 50% chance that the claim is true based on the evidence presented. So if you feel that, like I said, based on the evidence presented, if there's over, over a 50% chance that the person's guilty, then they can be found liable for that. But in a, in a criminal case, it must be proven beyond reasonable out because the punishment is much higher obviously the punishment is you know includes imprisonment um so the majority of civil cases will be decided on the judge's verdict civil suits do not result in imprisonment so uh they result in fines or damages caused so watson's not facing jail time for anybody who's still not sure about that the, the criminal cases are dismissed we don't have to worry about him missing time in cleveland for any sort of prison sentence or anything like that. Um, according to fastlawpc.com, it's not uncommon for someone to be found not guilty of criminal charges, but still be found liable in civil cases because of the difference in required proof, which I talked about earlier, the 50% thing in the civil suits. And then for criminal, it must be beyond reasonable doubt. So since the burden of proof is so much lower in civil cases, people so often end up paying fines or damages despite being innocent on criminal charges. So just because he was found not guilty on the criminal charges doesn't mean that he'll be found not guilty in the civil suits. He might still end up having to pay fines or damages to one or all 22 of these civil suits. We don't know. It'll have to play out in court. Um, But just because he's not found guilty on one side doesn't mean he's going to be found not guilty on the other and vice versa you can have both which i guess that doesn't really help the argument or anything here but i'm just trying to go through what i've learned in in looking back at all this so we heard reports from tony busby that not when we talked about this at the top of the show not a single nfl team who was pursuing watson reached out to him in their pursuit of of watson you know, and we talked about this with the Browns. I mentioned this earlier. Um, these NFL teams are billion-dollar organizations and, and businesses. Um, we we cannot sit here and think that any one of them would pursue Deshaun Watson just haphazardly and, and neglect to touch base with the prosecuting attorney. Like they don't really care about the the facts of the case. No, come on. Like I mentioned, the, the Browns had investigators, lawyers. Um, what they say, their own pri- private investigators go in. They, they paid people a lot of money to go all the way back to his high school days, high school, college. They wanted to see these allegations that are being presented here in the NFL in the last couple of years from, from these women. Do we see any traces of this kind of behavior back in high school? Do we see any traces of this behavior back in college? What about when he came in the NFL? They really did extensive research and you don't need to touch base with the plaintiff's attorney or the plaintiffs to, you already know, all you have to do is read, read the cases and you know what information they're presenting. So you don't need to touch base with them. What you need to do is touch base with Watson's legal team and say, what, what defense are you bringing for him? Why are you, what, what do you know? What do you have that makes you so confident he's not guilty? We already know that the other side believes he's guilty. We already know that. That's why they're bringing the suits. So they go to the defense and say, why do you believe he's not? And they did their own investigations into that. And the fact that the Browns continued their pursuit and and traded all those draft picks to bring him in and then paid him all that money means that's what they determined in their investigations as well. There's no other answer for it. You're not going to go do all that investigating and, and come away saying, man, we sure think he's guilty. 
Let's do it. Pull the trigger. Trade. It's not going to happen. So after going through all this, you know, and looking at previous suspensions for similar situations, it seems a good possibility that Watson, he's probably going to get an NFL suspension for, I would, I would guess, and I think the rest of the guys on the show have kind of said too, maybe up to six games here in 2022. You know, this comes from really looking back at um, Ben Roethlisberger's six-game suspension that he got from the NFL in 2010. Uh, from Cleveland.com article, Big Ben six-game suspension was reduced down to four games after he underwent behavioral evaluations and, quote, stayed out of trouble in the months following the accusations. The charges were dropped against Ben, but the NFL suspended him anyway for violating their personal conduct policy. So I would imagine the same happens with Deshaun. Um, he might not be, well, I shouldn't say he might, he has been found not guilty for any of the criminal charges of these accusations. And again, if being found liable, it's so touchy the way I understand this. If he's found liable in the civil suits, it still doesn't mean he's guilty. It means that the evidence led to at least a 51% chance that the evidence was true. And I'm 51%. That's, that's half. That's just half. It's just a little bit over. So it still doesn't, it's still not a rock solid indictment that he is guilty. And obviously the, in the criminal court, he's not guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. So those were dismissed. Um, but as far as the NFL's personal conduct policy is concerned, I, you know, I would imagine that engaging in these sexual activities with massage therapists probably goes against the NFL's personal conduct policy. That's just kind of my gut reaction. Um, I, I, I'm guessing it's not a good look for the league. Roger Goodell is probably going to hand down a suspension. I just don't believe it's going to be more than what, what Ben got back in 2010, especially if, you know, these, these civil suits start getting dropped. Cause I, it'll be interesting to watch it all play out. We'll stay on top of everything. Cause Hey, he's our quarterback now, you know, this is our guy and we're, we're putting, we're investing heavily into this man, this young man to, do whatever every NFL team brings a quarterback in to do. And that's lead you to Super Bowl championship or championships, preferably. So basically, Watson's suspension prospects will come down to the NFL alone. Um, and that's why all these teams hit the green light so quickly to try to go get him. Because as soon as the criminal charges were dismissed, they knew, okay, he don't have to worry about any kind of jail time whatsoever. We just... Got to worry about the NFL suspension policy or whatever. So let's go get him because he's worth getting. You can't deny that the guy is talented on the field. He's a top five quarterback in the league. He is worth getting. Um, see, I just, I just want to kind of read through my notes here. The civil suits, like I said, they come down to the evidence and the judge's verdict. And, and based on Watson's legal team, they don't seem worried by any of the evidence. They've said, you know, previously, you know, the evidence actually supports Watson's claims that he's innocent. So they're not worried about it. I'm not saying that that they don't have evidence. I'm just saying that Watson's legal team isn't worried about whatever evidence they have. We've already seen how that evidence is not stacked up in any of the cases yet, like for the criminal court. Um, he Watson has declined to settle at any stages of all this. Um, and, and he's actually welcomed the, uh, the police and the FBI investigations. We had the 18 massage therapists that came out publicly to defend him. And um, they put their name to it when they did. If you want my personal opinion, it's leading me to honestly believe that Deshaun Watson is not guilty of these allegations. But again, that's why we have the court of law. In America, and I guess we'll go kind of down America route here for a second. You are innocent until proven guilty. We have gotten a little bit backwards here in recent years. We've kind of fallen into this mindset of guilty until proven innocent. And I do believe that sexual misconduct allegations should never be taken lightly. They should never be made lightly. It goes both ways. Um, it, it, it's a very touchy subject. You know, Just like there have been many women that have been victims of you know, the actions of just horrible, disgusting men. There've also been many men who've had their lives completely destroyed by disgruntled women. It, it does go both ways. And it's such a, 
it sucks. It really does. It sucks that this whole situation happens to anybody. And like I said, I, sexual misconduct allegations need to be taken seriously. But at the same time, you cannot just label somebody immediately guilty until it is proven guilty in a court of law. It's, it's the way it works here. And it's a good way because otherwise you just have people running all around saying, well, this person did this and this person did that. And now you have to go prove you're innocent because I said you did this. You have to prove that the person you're accusing is guilty. You have to prove that they're guilty. That's how it works. Um, so for me, these, these civil suits, these civil cases, they all come down to consent. You know, whatever did or did not happen in any of these massage appointments and, you know, Watson's attorney did admit that there were, there was sexual activity taking place in some of these appointments, but it was all consensual. Okay, so we know that stuff happened. That's out there. Stuff happened. However you feel about that, that's your opinion. However I feel about that, that's my opinion. As far as I'm concerned, those sexual activities are not taking place on the football field. I, I need my quarterback on the football field doing what he's being paid to do, just like you're getting paid to do your job when you're at work. I'm getting paid to do my job when I'm at work. What you do at home, as long as it's not illegal, it doesn't matter if I agree with it or not. It doesn't matter if I like what you do, or if I think it's weird or awesome or disgusting or whatever it might be. It doesn't matter as long as it's not illegal. So you got to almost take the opinion out of it. Look at the facts of the case and say, so far, he's not been found guilty of any of this. Um, and, 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 uh, Go back and watch the information we went over about the potential, you know, stuff that looked like it could have been some blackmail or, you know, trying, trying to extort him for money. I don't know, guys. This is just such a touchy situation. Um, but like I, I've harped on a lot here in this episode, Deshaun Watson has fought this every step of the way. Um. His, his defense team has not shied away from anything that I've read. Um, there has been a little bit shady information come out about the um, prosecuting attorney, uh, Tony Busby. And I'm going to put a lot of these links. I'll, I'll try to put every link I read uh, in the show notes here. So go read this stuff for yourself. Find other articles that I didn't read. If if you really want to know how you should feel about Deshaun Watson, if you're really torn about it and, and, and you want to root for him, but you don't know if you can and, and all this stuff, go do your research. I mean, that's that's why the internet's so wonderful. The information's available to you if you're willing to go look for it. And I just hope that, you know, this is really, I mean, truly, guys, this is a very exciting time for Browns fans. We have got a top five quarterback finally on this team after years and years and years of saying, oh, if we could just get the quarterback situation right. We've got him now. We, we went and, and not only did we get him, I mean, the Browns went and got him. They pursued him and they made it happen. You can't say that about most of our front offices in the last couple of decades, that they would do this kind of thing. And for everybody who thinks that, you know, the Browns should be condemned for doing this, just, just watch this full episode. Go do your own research about all this. Don't take don't take my word for any of the stuff that I presented today. I just wanted to go chronicle Deshaun Watson. Who is this new quarterback and all of this drama surrounding him and everything? I just because I was interested. I want to know who I'm rooting for. I know who the player is on the field. I've seen that. He's a damn good quarterback. Damn good quarterback. But what is the off the field situation? I mean. We just harped on Baker Mayfield for coming out and demanding a trade and not acting like an adult or whatever. Deshaun Watson did the same thing down there, or did he? What was the situation in Houston? Why did he demand a trade? I wanted to go back and look at all of that. So I tried to do my best to detail all that in here, and I'm sure there's more information that we're going to learn. There's definitely stuff I missed. So if there's stuff I missed, feel free to let me know. Just drop it in the comments. We'll you know, we'll address all that and then we'll just continue to follow the story with the civil suits, Deshaun Watson, the new Cleveland Browns quarterback. Um, I hope this was informational for you guys. It was informational for me. I learned a lot and I'm, I'm very excited to continue to learn more. And as we do, if there's anything I got wrong, I'll let you know. And we'll just kind of 
take it one day at a time because we're, we're moving forward in the the free agency period. We're moving toward the draft, and then before you know it, it's going to be you know mini camps and training camps and, and preseason. Here we go. It's going to be September before you know it. So. That's all I've got for you guys today. I really appreciate you joining me. If you got sick and tired of hearing me talk, I'm getting sick and tired of talking. This is the most I've done in a long time. Like I said, usually Blake takes a lot of this burden off of me, but he's not here today. Um, appreciate everybody tuning in. Please make sure you're checking us out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Do all that great stuff. Apple, Spotify, Google. Download the episodes. Listen in your car or at the gym or wherever. And um, if you want to get an intro, a fan intro on one of our upcoming shows, just go to uh, thedogspodcast.com, click on uh, leave voicemail in the drop down, or you can send in some of your feedback for this if you want to. You can send us, you know, try to keep it to about a minute max of voicemail giving your opinions or your thoughts, reactions to the Deshaun Watson trade and everything surrounding it. So we really want to hear from you. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, go Browns. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast and become an official Dog Pack member at jointhedogs.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.